Chapter One Home Again It was a clear apple-green evening in May, and Four Winds Harbor was mirroring back the clouds of the golden west between its softly dark shores. The sea moaned eerily on the sandbar, sorrowful even in spring, but a sly jovial wind came piping down the red harbor road along which Miss Cornelia's comfortable matronly figure was making its way towards the village of Glen St. Mary. Miss Cornelia was rightfully Mrs. Marshall Elliott, and had been Mrs. Marshall Elliott for thirteen years, but even yet more people referred to her as Miss Cornelia than as Mrs. Elliott. The old name was dear to her old friends. Only one of them contemptuously dropped it. Susan Baker, the gray and grim and faithful handmaiden of the Blythe family at Ingleside, never lost an opportunity of calling her Mrs. Marshall Elliot, with the most killing and pointed emphasis, as if to say, "'You wanted to be Mrs., and Mrs. you shall be with a vengeance as far as I'm concerned.' Miss Cornelia was going up to Ingleside to see Dr. and Mrs. Blythe, who were just home from Europe. They had been away for three months, having left in February to attend a famous medical congress in London, and certain things which Miss Cornelia was anxious to discuss had taken place in the Glen during their absence. For one thing, there was a new family in the manse. And such a family! Miss Cornelia shook her head over them several times as she walked briskly along. Susan Baker and the Anne Shirley of other days saw her coming as they sat on the big veranda at Ingleside, enjoying the charm of the cat's light, the sweetness of sleepy robins whistling among the twilit maples, and the dance of a gusty group of daffodils blowing against the old, mellow, red-brick wall of the lawn. Anne was sitting on the steps, her hands clasped over her knee, looking, in the kind dusk, as girlish as a mother of many has any right to be and the beautiful gray-green eyes gazing down the harbor road were as full of unquenchable sparkle and dream as ever. Behind her in the hammock Rilla Blythe was curled up, a fat, roly-poly little creature of six years, the youngest of the Ingleside children. She had curly red hair and hazel eyes that were now buttoned up after the funny, wrinkled fashion in which Rilla always went to sleep. Shirley, the little brown boy, as he was known in the family who's who, was asleep in Susan's arms. He was brown-haired, brown-eyed, and brown-skinned, with very rosy cheeks, and he was Susan's especial love. After his birth Anne had been very ill for a long time, and Susan mothered the baby with a passionate tenderness which none of the other children, dear as they were to her, had ever called out. Dr. Blythe had said that but for her he would never have lived. I gave him life just as much as you did, Mrs. Dr. dear," Susan was wont to say. He is just as much my baby as he is yours. And, indeed, it was always to Susan that Shirley ran to be kissed for bumps and rocked to sleep, and protected from well-deserved spankings. Susan had conscientiously spanked all the other Blythe children when she thought they needed it for their soul's good, but she would not spank Shirley, nor allow his mother to do it. Once Dr. Blythe had spanked him, and Susan had been stormily indignant. That man would spank an angel, Mrs. Dr. dear, that he would," she had declared bitterly, and she would not make the poor doctor a pie for weeks. She had taken Shirley with her to her brother's home, during his parents' absence, while all the other children had gone to Avonlea, and she had three blessed months of him all to herself. Nevertheless, Susan was very glad to find herself back at Ingleside, with all her darlings around her again. Ingleside was her world, and in it she reigned supreme. 
Even Anne seldom questioned her decisions, much to the disgust of Mrs. Rachel Lynde of Green Gables, who gloomily told Anne, whenever she visited Four Winds, that she was letting Susan get to be entirely too much of a boss and would live to rue it. "'Here is Cornelia Bryant coming up the harbour road, Mrs. Dr. dear,' said Susan. "'She will be coming to unload three months of gossip on us.' "'I hope so,' said Anne, hugging her knees. "'I'm starving for glance and merry gossip, Susan. I hope Miss Cornelia can tell me everything that has happened while we've been away. Everything. Who has got born, or married, or drunk, who has died, or gone away, or come, or fought, or lost a cow, or found a bow. It's so delightful to be home again with all the dear Glen folks, and I want to know all about them. Why, I remember wondering, as I walked through Westminster Abbey, which of her two especial bows Millicent Drew would finally marry. Do you know, Susan, I have a dreadful suspicion that I love gossip. 